Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And this week, Brooke had the idea <laughs> because it's July 4th. I thought of it last year too coming. late. Right. And I was like, no, the 4th's already passed, so now it's prime time. Yeah, Brooke was like, hey, it's going to be July 4th this week, you know, from from this Thursday to next Thursday. Right. Why don't we do Independence Day? Yes. Perfect. Good idea. And it's actually one of our one of our listeners mentioned it's its 30th anniversary. It is. So it's actually pretty. I mean, I had no idea. Really? But every year I watch it because every year it's. (laughs) <laughs> it matters. Wait, I think it's its 25th anniversary. Is it 25th? I'm sorry. Yes, but it's it was it's, be... it's a big one. Yeah, it came out uh, Excuse me. It premiered June 25th, 1996. Yes, okay, yeah. And it was released nationwide on July 3rd, mm-hmm. 1996. So, uh it is it will be celebrating 25 years. Yes. Of I a, obviously didn't do the math. A, a really iconic and influential movie actually. I'm going to talk about a couple things. Ooh. But yeah, Independence Day actually really kind of changed movies uh, you know as far as yeah special effects and things like that we'll get into it okay. a little bit uh and we'll talk about the actual movie but yeah i remember this movie um just a, a few things about it before we get into you know yeah talking about it and stuff but um as i said released nationwide july 3rd 1996 it was marketed as independence day but also as id4 and I had totally forgotten that when you said that. And that's such a 90s thing. Yeah. The, the acronyms. Y2K. Right. ID4. ID4, yeah. <laughs> it stars Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Will Smith. That's Bi- all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Judd Hirsch, Randy Quaid, Vivica A. Fox, Mary McDonnell, and Margaret Collin as just a few. Yeah, those are just the top build. I mean, we've got Harvey Firestein in there. We've got... Yeah. It's really got a great cast. Yeah, it does. It does have a good cast. Um, it was directed by Roland Emmerich, who is a big disaster film yeah. guy. And we've talked about Roland Emmerich when we covered Godzilla, which is you know one of his yes, movies. Yes, because you were like, how do you do Independence Day and Godzilla? How are you right. the same person? <laughs> well, Godzilla wasn't good, in, no. in my opinion. I mean, I, uh, I love it, but also because it wasn't good. Independence Day is good. Yes, it's fa- I love it. It's fantastic. It is a good movie. It tell and it tells some really great stories. Yeah, I first heard about this movie. Um, I was fifteen, and I saw the trailer for it. I don't remember what movie that the trailer was attached to. I just remember I went to the movies and saw a movie preview, and I was seeing this massive, you know, flying saucer, this giant ship, and it didn't look corny. No. It looks really it cool and foreboding. Really ominous. And, you you, you know, one of the iconic uh, moments in Independence Day is the shadow, that creeping shadow. Yes, yes. That, that takes over everything because these ships are so huge. But I remember being totally blown away by this movie um, and, and the movie preview. I haven't seen the movie yet. Right, I remember right. I remember seeing the movie preview yes. and being blown away by it. Which, to me, not, trailers back then were a whole other thing. Well, they showed a lot more of the they, movie. Yeah, they were. But it, but and without completely just ruining it. Like, trailers were no, now, really good now, now, back then, I think. Well, back in like the... I remember when I saw Godfather. Right. Which I saw it 
when I was like in college, which was late 90s, early 2000s, Godfather came out in the 70s, but mm, I believe it was 72. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember seeing a trailer for Godfather, and it's basically the whole movie. It's like <laughs> a five-minute right. little... You know, Mini movie. It, yeah, it shows like all the it's parts. It's like a short film. <laughs> yeah, e- even things that would, would be considered spoilers. Oh, see, that's not good. It's <laughs> interesting as time has gone by, as, as, as we go on in the years, as the film industry, as movies, as storytelling yeah. evolves, trailers become much more about teasing you. Yeah. I and, don't always like that, though, to and be honest. Actually, I will say... There was a lot of questions you had after watching the Independence Day trailer. Yeah. But one of the questions that you didn't have was, <laughs> are the aliens good or bad? You pretty much figure that you out. Know. Because yeah. you see the White House blow up in the trailer. Right. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, that's shock value. People want to see I the mean, crazy stuff that happens. To see the White House blow up. Yeah, it's hor- It's horrifying. Yeah, and and it's considered iconic. Actually, it, it, it's it's considered one of the most iconic scenes in film history is, is the... Uh, one of the alien destroyer ships when it blows up the White House. Yeah. And, and it's considered a landmark visual effects moment. That is I mean, very cool. I did not know it that. It is, yeah. I, that, that's the side of things I usually am not aware of. Definitely, yeah. And, and, and you're not thinking about that when you're 15 well, or no. when, you're, when you're a kid, you know. But I was immediately excited about this movie. And when I saw the movie, I thought it was like the best thing I'd ever seen, you know. I, I mean, it was like one of my favorite yes. movies for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, what for me as a kid, all I needed was Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum, yeah. and in my head, the dad from Casper, because yeah. Bill Pullman. Now, I was like, oh my God, now, I'm in. Now, the one thing that's aged well with this movie mm-hmm. is the visual effects. I mean, right. the visual effects still hold up today. They're they're incredible. Yeah, it they're still great. looks really good. It won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. What hasn't aged well about this movie is the writing. You know, the dialogue yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And... That's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's an action thriller film. There are still things I really like about the characters in this. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the special effects still hold up. Uh, this was also the highest grossing film of 1996. It led to a renewed interest in science fiction and disaster films. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, and as I talked about, you know, uh, not just the White House was destroyed, but other structures were destroyed. Yes, lots um, of... Things but in, like New York, didn't they? Didn't, didn't they? Didn't I think it, it was like uh, it's over one of the big. I, I don't know. If, I don't think it was the Empire. Empire no, Chrysler. Was it? No, they're on top of it. it. Had to be the Empire State Building. Just with the signs. Basically, every major that was in California. Oh, that's right. That because the the girl that was I mix on the, it all up because I'm just so excited about the alien. Because the girl <laughs> that was on that building, she was in L. A. That's she right. was in L. A. with with Vivica Jasmine. Yeah. yeah, with Jasmine. Gotcha. Yep. And she right. was like, "Please don't go. I don't have a good feeling about this." She goes anyway, and she gets she's nuts. Yeah, she's one of the first ones to die yep. because that that beam hit her right in the face. She we know she didn't make it. Rip. <laughs> but yeah, um, interestingly enough, I told you it won the Oscar for best visual effects, and and. It also won a Golden Raspberry, which those are awarded to films for doing poorly in areas. It right. was awarded a Golden Raspberry for worst written film, <laughs> grossing over $100 million. Oh, no. And I think that that actually speaks to, I think, what the film did well and what it didn't do so well. I never even noticed that um, the script I, I, I think <laughs> I think you should look at Independence Day for what it is and say it's a good movie. Yeah. I mean... If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. And it's a product of its time, too. It's just, yeah, it's but just good. I thought it was really good. I, I think the acting is really good. I, again, I see now after 
growing up and becoming an adult and seeing right. really, really good, well-written films and well-written dialogue, right. I, I see the comparison. But also, there's a difference between good acting and bad writing. Right. You can be a good actor and you do your best with bad writing, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's true. It's, they're, they're very different. They're not the same. So the film takes place um, mainly in a, a few a few areas. Uh, Washington, um, I believe New York. I think Levinson was in New York. Uh, David is in I think New David York. was in New York and California and in Area 51 yeah. in Nevada. So mm-hmm. a few... Key places around the few, country. A few key places. And it takes place over the course of three days, July 2nd to July 4th, right? So let's begin. Yes. We open... <laughs> Here on July 1st. <laughs> yeah. We open with the film Independence Day and July 2nd. You know, so this is the first day. Right. Where everything's going down, uh, aliens are coming. I mean, we get that right out the gate. Uh, one of the er- uh, one of the first shots in the film is the peaceful, tranquil site of the Apollo moon landing. We're on the moon, and you see the footprints of the astronauts and all that, and the plaque left there that says "We came in peace for all mankind." Right. And suddenly, the surface of the moon begins vibrating because, well, this big giant spaceship's flying over. Right. It's the mothership. Uh, I looked up a little bit of information about the mothership. It's 370 miles in diameter. This is the mothership. Yeah. And attached to it at the bottom are these smaller saucers, these smaller ships. And these are generally referred to as city destroyers. And they're about 15 miles in diameter. These are the big ships that came in and and position themselves over, you know, key cities all over the um, all over the earth. Right. So these these things begin to break off the mothership and they head to Earth and and they position themselves again capital cities over major structures within capital cities yeah and um, before and during this time we're meeting our characters right and I'm just going to go down a list of um, some of the main ones the first one is President Thomas Whitmore this is Bill Pullman I love Bill Pullman he was I, great I was like I want him as president yeah like, he I, I just know. seemed like. <laughs> He'd be a great president. I don't no, know. I liked him. He's yeah. re- he really was good. As he, He's one of my favorite uh, movie presidents. Yeah, he had such a gentle but like, yeah. s- like tough way about yeah. it. I loved him. He was so great in this. He was great. Uh, Harrison Ford in Air Force One yeah. is probably my favorite. Um, Morgan Freeman played the president in Deep Impact. Yep. The movie wasn't great, but he was so good. I enjoyed good him very as the much. the president. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, Bill Pullman, Thomas Whitmore. One of my favorite movie presidents. He's a young president. Seems to be struggling in his first term in office. Uh, I can't imagine a president not struggling I, with something. But, seriously. you know, he's young. And his communications director, who al- always seems to flank him in these scenes, is uh, Constant Spano. Yeah. And that's Margaret Collin. And she's really good She's in this. great. And she's kind of informing him, like, you know, where where he's problematic and, you know... Um, he's having trouble with Congress or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's always going on. There, I know. You pick know. your poison. Like, Very what? realistic. <laughs> um, we have First Lady Marilyn Whitmore. That's Mary McDonald. Uh, excuse me, McDonald, not McDonald. Mary McDonald. Uh, she's the First Lady of the U.S. Yeah. She is the wife of the President, and uh, she's really good too. Yeah. They have a neat, sweet little relationship. Yeah. You know, that you see a little bit of. We also have Captain Stephen Hiller. He's in California. This is Will Smith. Love him. A fighter pilot stationed in California who's an aspiring astronaut. His girlfriend is Jasmine Dubrow, or Dubrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to pronounce I the last name, know. but her name's Jasmine. Vivica A. Fox 
And right. Again, great cast. <clears throat> uh, Hiller's girlfriend. And then we have... And her son, who was also in Little Rascals. Yeah, her That's son. That's where I yeah, him. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> then we have David Levinson. And this is Jeff Goldblum. Yes. He is an MIT tech whiz who works at Compact Cable Company. Uh, he's not like a cable guy. No, uh, he, no. He works with the satellites and stuff. And he is the former spouse of Constance Spano, and that's going to play a very important role oh, in yeah. the story. Um, he's, the again, the communications director of the president. Constance is, you know, his, his ex-wife. Ex- his ex-wife. We have Marty Gilbert. That is Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Probably one of the most memorable characters. He's so funny. It's so brief. It's like a cameo. And it's so unfortunate. I would have loved to have oh, seen I him. Oh, I know. I wanted to see him freak out throughout the whole thing. Yeah. He's David's co-worker. Uh, we have Julius Levinson. That's Judd Hirsch. He's uh, David Levinson's father. Yeah, he's he's great in this. Uh, and then we have Russell Case, <laughs> played by Randy Quaid. <laughs> A former fighter pilot from the Vietnam War who's now an alcoholic and works as a crop duster also claims to have been abducted by aliens. He claims it a lot. So we're meeting all these people while, before and yeah. during when suddenly, without warning, the city destroyers enter Earth's atmosphere. And it's really unsettling. I mean, watching, even watching it now, it's really it was. They, I mean, they did so well. They with did it. a good job with the panic in the streets. They did a good job with the how the president would react and how, uh, you know, other people were reacting. I mean, these things are huge. They're really scary. Yeah, they, and just no one. And they just and they're just sitting there. Yeah, and and one parks over the White House, and, and this is kind of where we're looking at because one of our main characters is the president. Right. So we have a problem, you know, or or do we? I don't know. Yeah. It seems to be an issue. It definitely doesn't look nice. Right. So the president addresses the country in the midst of this nationwide panic, right? And he he says one of the uh, taglines, one of the famous lines, which is um, the question of whether or not we're alone in the universe has been answered, you know. He's got a great, that's a great speech. Yeah, we don't know if they're friendly or not, but, you know, like anything, people are going to react one of two ways. They're going to be really excited about this. Or they're going to freak out, and that's what's happening. Um, so, yeah, President Whitmore addresses the country. And the first thing that the U.S. decides to do is really bizarre <laughs> and kind of silly. And to this day, it's one of the goofiest, most pointless things I've seen in the movie. And, and, and really in any movie. Me, right. and, if Jeff, if you're listening, <laughs> me and Jeff laugh about this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the welcome wagon. Yes. But th- I feel like that is what we do. Which, like, by, which, by the way, before I get into the welcome wagon, I just want to say, uh, I also love the scene because I want to talk about Stephen Hiller for just a second. Yeah. He, he wakes up one morning and he comes out and happens to look up reading his paper and he notices <laughs> it. Yeah. And there's that zoom in and you see, he sees from his home the massive ship yeah. over Los Angeles. So he decides to report to his base yeah. to basically be on standby. Now, the welcome wagon. Right. <laughs> the welcome wagon. Why? Why? Because... But, but that's such a U.S. move right. to do. I'm sorry, but it is. So We he, shouldn't. Let's. So here's what, the, <laughs> here's what the welcome wagon is. They sent these two dudes in a military helicopter called the welcome wagon. And the welcome wagon... This helicopter is outfitted on both sides with these 
blinking lights that are flashing in random patterns to, I guess, communicate. But here's my thing. They don't know anything, though. You don't know anything. Like, that could be, that could be like... Offensive to Right, them. that could be like, oh, okay, that means attack. Right. Cool. I don't know. Communicate with aliens that you've never met, have no idea how they communicate, no frame of reference as to how to even begin to comprehend how they would understand. Right, like, all you've got's H.P. Lovecraft, man. You don't know anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not... Here comes a helicopter with stupid flashing lights. You don't even know these people. You don't even know these aliens. <laughs> these things. Yeah, yeah, these things, and they're just looking through their window like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know? So they send this um, helicopter, the welcome wagon, to the city destroyer that's, uh, I believe, parked over the White House. Right. Smart. In Washington. And it's during this time that Levinson, who is super smart, yeah. finds a signal that's ha- that, that w- is embedded within Earth's satellites. Because one of the things that happens in the movie when all this is going down is all of our uh, satellite reception, everything goes out. Yeah, right. Well, well, what Levinson finds out is, no, the satellites didn't go out. They've been taking control they've of. They've been routed. Yeah, they've been routed. Yeah, but that's it. Or rerouted. Yeah, rerouted, whatever. And he finds a signal embedded in these satellites and discovers that the aliens are using Earth's satellites against us. Against, you know. Yeah. And he's also discovered within the signal a countdown. Oof. Creepy. Because of the nature of the signal, the circumstances that it was hidden, and the fact that it's a countdown, Levinson surmises that the aliens intend to do harm. So he's got to get to the president. And, you know, again, his ex-wife is like one of the president's peeps, you know? Yeah. So she gets him in there. And then we find out that they had this little history. Oh, yeah. There's that, some... That apparently... Some scandal. Right before Whitmore was president, he was like a governor or something. Yeah. Uh, and she was working with him then, and he thought they were having an affair. Right. It's never. It's. It's not. I don't. It's not proof. It's not. I don't think it happened. No, it didn't. But it's all in David's. Like, oh, you're gonna. You're. You're. You're messing with this guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. So, so about he's. It. He's very cerebral. He's very smart, and I guess in some sense, probably insecure. In that, someone way. would say he's a geek or a nerd. I would never say that. You know. Well, but being a geek and a nerd is cool now. So. I think so, but he's also very fiery. Like he's yeah. like he's really he's got a. A lot of passion in there. So he punches. He punched him. <laughs> apparently, now this is this is not in the movie. This is apparently something that happened years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they talk about it <laughs> because Constance is able to get Levinson and his dad into the White House. And the, I love know, that it's Levinson and his dad. Yeah, and his dad's because like, his dad is hey, he's just as fiery. Yeah, he's and, so great. And his dad's like, uh, hey, uh, got any of those pens that they give out for souvenirs or whatever? Oh my god. Um, the world's about to end. He wants a pen. Right. And I just want to say, so by this point, we've already met Marty, who is yes. David Levinson's co-worker. Harvey Firestein. Now, Harvey Firestein doesn't go to the White House, but but, but he he, te- he tells him, like, you need to get out of here. Because you need to get out of here. This is going on. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, he's, I got to call my mother. He's just, yeah. Uh, he's just sent her to Atlanta, which is probably also unsafe it's a yeah, major it's a city. major city major airport and so she, he just sent yeah. her to another one of those destroyers like hey what's up we, we got one here too you know? that's one of my favorite things in the movies listening to him freak out and be like david with his voice right. it's so great oh he he's hilarious i'm so sad that he is not in more of this movie but i, I mean but what 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 moments he's in are great yeah he steals the show so anyway but but levinson is in the white house right you know? he, he's thank to- you for going back and, and mentioning that yeah i wanted to mention <laughs> marty uh, you yeah. know because he's such a good character but he, he'd sent him off like you need to get out of here yeah 
I'm going to the White House to talk to the president. So he gets there, and when President Whitmore comes in, he's like, oh, I don't have time for this. Nah, like, he because, thinks it's just another showdown between yeah, him and David. Right, because the last time they were together, David punched him. <laughs> I love it. And he goes, you punched the president? And the dad? He goes, you yeah. punched the president? He goes, he wasn't president then. <laughs> he was like the governor or something. <laughs> he was something. So cute. But no, and, and I love the scene where, there, you know, President Whitmore's like, I don't have time for this. And David's like, you know what? Forget it. And he like shuts his laptop and she goes, David, tell him. I know. I, I'm like, y'all still love each other, like, by con- the way. Yeah, Constance, <laughs> David, just tell him. And he explains to him what's going on. He's like, you got like 20, based on, based on uh, David's, um, what he's found, yeah. they have like 30 minutes. And the welcome wagon's already like on its way to do the stupidest thing on earth. Right. With its stupid blinking lights, <laughs> this giant fifteen-mile diameter destroyer that's just ominously sitting over. Right, that should bother you that it's not doing anything. Yet. Right, it's just sitting. That there. should really upset you. And sure enough, the thing opens up, and the famous last words of one of the guys in the welcome wagon goes, "This may be a response echo." One I'm like, "Yeah, it's a response. All oh my right, God, done." They got blasted. I mean, they just get shot right out of the yeah. air, completely destroyed, killing the pilots on board. So, not good. That did not go well. <laughs> uh, are we surprised, though? No, because no. I was down. Of course not. Uh, and this is when everyone begins to evacuate. You know, uh, yeah. th- this confirms that... This the is a- hostile. This is hostile. Uh, at least the smart ones evacuate. Right. Some some people are up on the buildings where the like, aliens are. This is not are, a hurricane, y'all. This you is... Know, yeah, which is the 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 character uh, we mentioned earlier, um, the the girl that worked with uh, Jasmine Vivica yeah, Fox. Her, she was like, "I have a bad feeling about this. Don't go." But she goes up on one of the like, buildings. Come on, man! Like, yeah, this is... we're gonna welcome these aliens. Like they do not. I'm like, listen, counterculture is great, but yeah. this is not the time. No, it's so, just not. Yeah. Soon after the countdown goes down to zero, and the city destroyers fire upon targets all over the world with this massive beam yeah that shoots down and decimates whole cities uh and this is where we see the buildings get destroyed this is where we see the white house get destroyed um we can assume that millions are killed yeah we see marty in his car oh crap and it's it, yeah. you're like no marty you didn't uh, make yeah. it out it's i think so he's sitting sad. in i think he's sitting he's in new york to, traffic yeah, yeah he's in his car like you know just trying he's to get on the out. phone of course he is probably because he's gonna call his lawyer he's gonna call his mother he's gonna and call all these people he has pr- probably one of the best death scenes in any movie he just looks at he's this, not even mad really he looks at this wall of flame just <laughs> and flying cars and he just goes oh crap <laughs> what a way to and go what a way to go yeah <laughs> Rest in peace, Marty. Rest in peace. Yeah. uh, President Whitmore, the Levinsons, uh, David and his dad, uh, and Constance barely escape the explosion. So, again, the president, the Levinsons, and Constance, and and other White House staffers, they they barely escape in Air Force One. The First Lady is on a helicopter, and it gets hit and crashes. In California... The same things. This stuff's going on all over the world, yes. all over the country. I, yeah, it was all. It's all at once, just in yeah. different locations. Uh, Jasmine and her son barely escape. Hiller is safe on his base. Uh, his, you know, marine. Right. He's a marine. Uh, and Russell Case had taken his family in an RV, like out into this rural area. Yeah. Uh, Smart. And and we see now. Yeah. It wasn't all him being crazy. There. Probably was a reason. <laughs> yeah, people think that he's like a nut, Russell, and he kind of is. It's not that he's not, but I think it's what he went through. Well, he claims he was abducted by aliens, which at this point, well, and he was in Vietnam, so we've got Vietnam one. Yeah, 
and two he drinks. aliens. And yeah, well, I think a drinking was response to yeah, sure. the rest of it. That's my so, analysis. Yeah, so that's who's safe. and The so, wise fool, yet again. Yeah, the wise fool, right. And the world is, we can assume, is decimated. Yeah. Comparing it to what's happened. It's, yeah, we're, we're in chaos. Yeah. And then we go to July 3rd. So that was July 2nd. July 3rd, it is the day of the counterattack. Right? We follow Captain Stephen Hiller as he leads his Black Knight FA-18 squadron to engage the city destroyer in Los Angeles. I mean, right. we're assuming that there's, there was probably coordinated military efforts yeah, all over the country. Yeah, this is probably going on, yeah, simultaneously. But we're following Captain Hiller, this is Will Smith. And it's another cameo, Harry Connick Jr. Yes, and he's another I love him. great part in this movie. He's so funny. He's like a little country boy, which he kind of is. He's from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. His name's Jimmy Wilder. Jimmy. And uh, it's like his best bud. Yep. And, well. He says it, something about light the fires. Like, yeah. he says some cute little line before they all, like, go out yeah. to their uh, planes. Yeah, and I like that because, again, you, you know, for all the flack that the writing got, they still gave these characters some depth. and Well, and you, you got that, that uh, Will Smith's character and Harry Conju's character. They're close. Yeah, and they, yeah. there's a lot of trust there. And Well, but this is a massive failure. Yeah. As the city destroyer is guarded by impenetrable shields and then released from the destroyer are these smaller fighters that quickly dispatch all of Hiller's squadron, including his best friend, Jimmy. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, He's like, Jimmy, Jimmy, no. Jimmy dies. It's so sad. It Ugh, sucks. I hated it, but I knew it. I was um, like, man, he didn't have a big role. He's not going to make those it. Those fighters have shields, too. Uh, so the only one that's left is Hiller. And he is able to... He gets into like a like a jet chase. Yeah. Fighter you know, chase or whatever. Uh, and is able to outmaneuver one of the alien fighters and they crash. <laughs> so he's able to get one. Yes, and this is also a very iconic moment. It's still impressive because of all the advanced technology. The fact that he was able to take one out, he was able to use, he had, but he had to do it through fancy flying. Right, exactly. Hiller angrily approaches the downed alien craft. The hatch opens when he climbs on top of it, and we see the aliens for the first time. It's hard to explain what they look like. They yeah, have like these tentacles. tentacles. Uh, they're they're kind of tall, and they have like this these big, like a dome, like not a, a dome, not but a, like a like a I don't know. It's like a uh, look them up, guys. A crest, like a yeah, crest, maybe? yeah. I, I want to say, they're, but they do have that like emoji alien look. Do you know the big eyes well, and the small once we, mouth? Like that, they, they do we, have some of that look. Well, once we get in, we find out because. What they look like initially, you find out that that's actually a housing for the one right. for the actual alien right. inside it. True. Yes. Right. And then, of course, you know the iconic moment when yeah. he sees the alien. Yeah, he punches it and says, "Welcome to Earth." Yeah, Brett pointed that out on our Instagram picture, and, and then like, he, yes, he goes ahead and pops a cigar in his mouth and says, "That's what I call a close encounter." So, as, as he should. What I don't understand is though, like he just punched it kind of one time. I don't know how he was able to knock and that's it. That's all it took. And he, it's knocked out for hours, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if I got punched, I mean, if Will Smith punched me, I, I it would it, it might it, it would hurt. It might knock me out. Yeah, I don't think it would knock me out for like seven hours, like seventeen hours. <laughs> but Hiller punches it and knocks it unconscious. Obviously, spoiler alert: we know it's going to oh. wake up. But Hello, he, he, this is a plot device. <laughs> he knocks it out. He takes the unconscious alien, wraps it in a, his parachute. And he hitches a ride with Russell Case. None of other all than people. Russell Case. He runs into Russell Case and his family uh, to Area 51 in Nevada. 
where President Whitmore and Levinson are, along mm-hmm. with the remainder of the U.S. government officials and staff. So now we have the big convergence yeah, of all of our characters. Yeah, the forces are colliding. Yeah, they all meet at Area 51, which is the secret military base in, in Nevada that people always get in trouble for going on, and uh, a, it plays a big role in the X-Files mythology. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Area 51 is used mm-hmm. a lot both in video games and in uh, popular culture, film, and TV, because it, it, there's so much mystery surrounding it, because it's a government facility where there's a lot of secret stuff. People say there's aliens there. People say there's UFO there, we'll all that know. stuff. And, and and they take something that actually happened historically, and they fit it into this narrative. Yes. We get a lot of backstory when we get to Area 51. For one thing, one of the alien fighters is kept there. Uh, it had been recovered from a crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. There you go, Roswell. This is the, yep. this is the second time we mentioned Roswell in the tape story. We talked yep. about it uh, on next X-Files X-Files, episode. yep. Yeah. So this really happened. Uh, in Roswell, uh, as far as, uh, and, and it's still to this day speculated, you know, there's people that, that maintain a, a UFO crashed in Roswell, the government got it, and is hiding it, right. and they keep it at Area 51. Um, they actually put this into the narrative. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, it, of it, course, it, they should. It, yeah. it would, it, you know, it it's, adds to it. And that's always fun when something real happens in history and they work it into a, a fictional story. But so, yeah, so what happened in Roswell, according to Independence Day, was in 1947, the same aliens that are attacking now uh, were, I guess, scouting out the location, scouting out the planet. I don't know. Yeah. Ch- and they crashed. Uh, not only was a fighter recovered, but the bodies of the aliens who were in them. And all of this is being explained to our heroes by a man named Dr. Brackish Okun. Who is just as strange as his name. Yes, the eccentric head scientist of Area 51, played by Brent Spiner, Data from Star Trek. Like, of course the guy who played Data played it, but he actually played such a nutty role. Like, it's so different from Data. Brent Spiner's excellent, and he's so good in this. Uh, He's got the long hair. He's just the typical mad scientist. This movie did well with characters um, that you know, like your like Marty, uh, like um, uh, Julius, um, you know Levinson's dad. And yeah, they gave their supporting characters a lot of fun. Yeah, to play ve- with very memorable. You know, Okun explains the aliens. You know, they crashed there. They recovered the ship and the three bodies. And according to their studies, the aliens are much like humans in every way. They breathe oxygen. They they react to extreme cold, extreme heat. Uh, they don't have vocal cords, though. They uh. use some kind of telepathy to communicate. Okay. What makes them so formidable is their advanced technology. Hiller then arrives with the body of the knocked-out alien. It's knocked out. It's not dead. Right. It just got punched. When it came out of its the fighter, punch of all the, you know, it was, it was the punch of, of his bere- bereavement of his best friend. It when it came out of that um, fighter, it was perfectly fine. It got punched and got knocked out. So, I mean, it, there's no way the punch killed. No, it. so no. all the while we're waiting, like this, like this gonna, is going to wake up. He so. didn't shoot it. Right. He punched it. You're not going to get off the... <laughs> Okun and the other scientists... I, I just don't know why people didn't take more precautions of this thing. I was like, what'd you do to it? You, is it dead? No, I just... I punched it. But what's funny is that we were all like, yeah, yeah, sure, it, it's out. Like, we, we all bought it, no. you know, at the time. So, <laughs> so much was going on in the movie, that was not what we were thinking about. Right. Okun and the other scientists begin to examine the alien, which 
of course, regains consciousness yes. and attacks. It accesses Okun's mind. That's they're, able, they're yeah. able to access minds. And yeah, telepathically controls his mind. Yeah, uses him to talk to President Whitmore. Uh, so he, Whitmore has a conversation with the alien through Okun. It's like holding his neck yeah. and making him talk. And uh, President Whitmore says, is there any way we can have peace? And he says, no, no peace. peace. You know, peace right. You're going to die. Yep. Keep he saying, said, die. How, yeah, what can we do? Die. die. Right. Um, and then he attacks Whitmore's mind, and Whitmore gets, like, knowledge about what these aliens yeah, do. Yeah, he has, like, a vision or whatever. Yeah, they attack civilizations, use their resources, and move on. Yeah, it says they're like locusts. Yeah, and this is basically what they're now doing to Earth. Which would make sense that the scouts came to see if it was a viable planet. Yeah. And it is a planet that has a reciprocal system like them. Obviously, yeah. So, yeah, it would make sense. In a desperate... Attempt after this, President Whitmore authorizes a nuclear attack on one of the city destroyers in Houston, Texas. It does no damage to the destroyer. Another quote, may our children forgive us. That's what he says. Because this is a nuclear weapon, you know. um, Even if uh, they, you know, even if they make it through this thing, Houston is going to be unlivable. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's It's, Chernobyl. I mean, forget it. Uh, Soon after this, Jasmine arrives to Area 51 and reunites with Hiller. Well, and in the meantime, what she's been doing is taking care of the first lady. Yeah, she. Well, she. she Thank got you, a, yeah. yeah, she got a truck, and I love. I, she. She's. We haven't really talked about her character, and I do want to talk about her character because yeah. there's a conversation she has with the first lady. Yeah, I just want to say because remember I told you the 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 first lady's helicopter doesn't Crashed. make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while um, Jasmine is escaping L.A., mm-hmm. she finds. Um. Is she, it like a delivery truck, like something like that? It's some kind of big truck that she's driving. Yeah. And she's rescuing she, people. Yeah, and I guess the first lady wasn't in Washington. I guess she was somewhere else. No, she was en route to Washington. That's right. To get to Air Force One. Yeah, and, and she uh, just didn't she, make it. Yeah. So she finds the first lady gravely injured. Yeah. And they have a conversation. It is, that no, is. No, and because, and, you know, uh, we haven't mentioned it, cause, uh, but we, you know, her profession is she's an exotic dancer, which people have opinions well i like about. she tells she she says she goes uh she goes uh well, what do you do she goes i'm a dancer oh ballet yeah she's she goes, all oh. and she's like exotic she's like okay yeah. like you know she, she gives it's like, all right it's she good gives money such a such a mom like oh, okay i just like, like the <laughs> it's, ballet like uh like oh the arts yeah but you know what it's it's but it's a sweet moment between two women that are powerful in their own right yeah from and two that, different places from two different places in life and i just want to you know say that about jasmine is that she was she's playing a character that is often looked down on you know for her because of her profession but she shows herself to be of course an incredible woman incredible mom great great partner a freaking hero she is in the face of all of this destruction she's not just thinking about her and her kids she's like who else can we save yeah, and I, I, even, I remember. I think it was important for me to see that because I was younger than you when I was like ten, I think when this came out, and um, you know, <laughs> I, I had opinions about things, and seeing her character be this wonderful person, yeah, it was that was kind of like a neat eye opening moment for me. Um, and I know us '90s kids, we were all you know at different ages, but that, I thought that was a neat message that very yeah. quickly but very poignantly the story told. I think so too. So I yeah. just I just wanted to make sure no. I kind of gave a shout out to that and that cool you know 
moment between women that you know yeah, they're like and, hey like I get you and you get and you get me and and we're gonna help each other survive and she and she does her best to help the first lady yeah I didn't mean to go through that I just you know hitting all the big points no I com- I completely forgot about it until you Good said stuff. she yeah. arrives I was like oh wait we gotta talk about what she did yeah well Jasmine does arrive she reunites with Hiller and of course she has with her Marilyn Whitmore the first lady yeah who unfortunately due to her injuries she dies but she at um, least is reunited with she is uh, able to see Thomas and their daughter right and their daughter yeah, yeah. And it's really sad. Oh yeah, you I cried she was real hard it, you know? <laughs> at that part. Because um, he's so sweet. Because you, I don't know. He just you can tell he's the kind of man that's like, no, 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 no. I need you around. I need you with me. Right. He's. You know what I mean? It's not like a. They're not. You know <laughs> exactly a Bill and Hillary. You no. know they're like. We need each other. Yeah, yeah. They or seem to I have. Need, a, or I need you. Uh, you know. Th- yeah, they appear to have a solid marriage. Yeah. So that that really made me sad. And again, that's why that's why I say I don't completely agree with the fact that the writing was trash because it it conveyed some good stuff. Right. Maybe it was the dialogue that wasn't great at times. I don't know. Because I think you know, the story's told well. I, I see in some places. Yeah. I see in places. I understand the criticism, but I I, I take this movie for what it is. Of course, no, it's great. I like Forget it. it period. Yeah. So, July 4th. Yes. Okay. After having an epiphany during a conversation with Julius, his dad, Levinson, has an idea. <laughs> yeah. Because they're on their last, you know. This is it. Yeah, there's. We got to do something. Right. Uh, he's going to upload a computer virus. This is his plan. Upload a computer virus onto the mothership using the fighter craft from Area 51. They will be able to access the mothership because they would be in one of their own right. little fighters. And this is a big deal because now they have a ship. Yeah. Hiller will pilot the ship while Levinson will upload the virus. And here's what the virus does. The virus essentially, um, if they, they have to upload it into the mothership because what happens to the mothership affects all the other ones right. that are remote controlled uh, by the mothership. So, um it infects the mothership, and then that causes the shields to go down. He does a test with the fighter ship yeah. in Area Fifty One. He uploads the virus, and he puts he put well. First off, he puts a can on the the fighter ship, yep. and has the guy shoot it, and the shields deflect it. Then he uploads the virus. The guy shoots it, and he knocks the can over. Yeah, so it works. The problem is, it's a small window, it's just a few minutes. Whew. Yeah. But it's a large enough window for a coordinated assault. Right. And we've obviously seen his skill as a pilot. We know he can do it. This is, you're talking about. I'm saying no. Get get No, I'm saying because it's timing. He's got to get in there. Yeah. Hiller's skill as a pilot. He'll yeah. be able to get in yes, there. Yes. Yeah. He, he can, he's got to be, he can get in there. Yeah. And we Levinson. know Dave, and we know Levinson's talented. But right. It's, it's, but the, you know, really the stars have got to align. Yeah. Right. It's got to be perfect. And it's going to knock these shields down for a few minutes. Using Morse code, which <clears throat> is the only form of communication that they can use, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, you know that the aliens can't monitor. Um, the U.S. through Morse code is able to inform other nations about the offensive, and that they and you know they're on board. They're like, listen, you know, uh, and you see these different countries getting all the messages, like, oh, it's the Americans. They have an idea for a counteroffensive, yeah. and so um, it, it's about to go down. Uh, before going on the mission, though, Hiller. Marries Jasmine. Yay. Gives this really, really cute um, dolphin wedding ring. They're so sweet. I love them. But also during the ceremony, Levinson and Constance reconcile. They have this moment. They don't say anything. Yeah. It's really sweet that they just look over and hold hands, and it's just like, I love it's like it. They're, 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 it's like they're getting remarried. Yeah. 
uh, on Area 51. Again, that's where we're at when this is all going down. Um, the military realizes that it's short on pilots. So a lot of them have been killed or lost, mm-hmm. MIA. So this is where we need volunteers. <laughs> so um, creepy stuff. They're getting they're 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 asking for volunteers, and we get Russell K. Sir, <laughs> you know, oh, bless him. Russell K. Comes up, he goes, uh, flew planes in Vietnam, and then I went into uh, crop dusting. I'm fly. I'm pilot. Yeah, I can fly. <laughs> He's drunk. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's one of my favorite lines. I can fly. I'm pilot. <laughs> and he is like Russell K. Sir. Uh, yeah, and he goes. I just want to say, uh, ever since I was abducted by aliens years ago, I've been dying for a little payback. So I just want to let you know, I won't let you down. And they're just like, they still think he's nuts. Yeah, they're like, all right. I'm like you've seen okay. aliens. They're blowing crap up all over Earth. But somehow this guy's still crazy. somehow this guy's still nuts. He was abducted, and he was abducted by him. That's the thing you find right. out. His the, story was true. Right. This is what this is what lends credence to his story. Right. Well, we got more bad news. Um, one of the destroyers is heading towards Area 51. Uh, likely because of the communication with, um, you know, the mind communication with the president and yeah, everything yeah. that's going on. You know, one of the city destroyers, they've somehow discovered that uh, they need to get to Area 51 and destroy it because that's where everything's, you know, they're the obviously... communication's coming from. And they're coordinating and things like that. So, anyway, Hiller and Levinson successfully make it onto the mothership to upload the virus. And it's great. So like this is the odd couple that we all need. Yeah, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. They yeah. could not be any more different, and it's just lovely. Yeah. So Levinson has everything connected to his. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, he has everything connected to his laptop, so he's able to, um, you know, control the you know all these functions on the. And, and one of the things was, uh, so they get into the ship, they get into the mothership, and immediately, uh they get taken control of like, yeah. like Hiller's like, I can't fly anymore. Cause no, 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 this is fine. They're taking, they're, they're taking us in. Remember yeah. he goes, they are taking us in yep. and they go in <laughs> and one of these little, this little clamp thing grabs them. And then this, this little alien dude is like watching them like, kind of like, you know, and he's so creepy looking. Yeah. And it's like, I guess scanning the ship and stuff. So they, they, um, Jeff Goldblum, excuse me, uh, David Levinson, uh, he <laughs> makes, he makes these like, windows uh these window covers go up so that so they can't see them in there right if the alien <laughs> if the alien is the, looks through the window and sees these people yeah they're like, like oh cool attack <laughs> right uh unfortunately though it, it's uh once they upload the virus then he's like okay let's get out of here but he can't yeah because that clamp's got the ship so hiller's like trying to get out and he's moving and it, the ship's shaking and the aliens looking around like what's what <laughs> like are what you is guys pro- all right <laughs> so he, it starts to take control of the ship and it makes the windows go down and I just the whole uh, oh like he says it yeah. it's like one of the best oh yeah. uh, you know we don't use profanity on the tape store because we, <laughs> you know we want to be inclusive to everybody yeah. and some people are listening to this stuff with their kids guys but he goes oh and then yeah. he goes um hide uh, um hide yeah so yeah. they just like <laughs> he's perfect hide uh, somewhere I guess behind seats or whatever so they're stuck on this mothership but the the, the virus has been uploaded and it works. Uh, President Whitmore gets on a plane himself and leads the attack, right? I love that, by the way, that yeah. Whitmore's like, oh, I'm not just going to yeah. sit back. I'm in this and thing. And before he goes up, of course, he gives his famous speech. His iconic yeah. speech. Yeah, Ugh. about how July 4th is not going to be about American will not independence. not go quietly into right. the night. I'm like, yeah. yes, Bill Pullman. It really was good. Yeah. yeah. It gives you goosebumps it's when moving. you watch it. Yeah. 
And uh, because you, th- I mean, you have to think if that really happened, that'd be like a speech you study in school. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Like, if, if this remember really that time we were legit attacked by aliens and, and from Area Fifty One? President, President Pullman said this. You know, yeah, Pullman, President Pullman. <laughs> President Whitmore gave this amazing speech. The pro, yeah. So, so he he leads the attack, and 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 it's working. They're able to to um, they fire on the destroyer. It does some damage. Then here comes the fighters. They're able to blow some fighters up. The problem is. The city, the, the city destroyers, these big ships, they're simply, they're too large. Yeah, but once they are getting out of there, you know, that's, that's the, they have to, they have to get out because the, the ship is closing. Yes, R- right. So, this is a moment that uh, Jeff Goldblum harkens back to Jurassic Park. Yes, yes. Because well, 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 we're not quite there yet. Oh, I thought we, no, 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 no. Whitmore is leading the assault on Earth. Okay. To attack the destroyers. Uh, Levinson and Hiller are, still are still stuck in the mothership. Oh, okay, okay, That's okay. where we left them. We're going to come back to them. Here's, what I'm saying is, <laughs> the problem is, the problem is, these destroyers are too big. Yeah, and there's not enough missiles, and they're not doing enough damage to this thing. It's still coming. Yeah, uh, and there's just simply not enough firepower to take this massive thing out. Yeah, uh, and they're running out of missiles. Uh, soon. The uh, destroyer gets over Area 51, and this little hatch that has the big beam opens up. Yeah. So they got to go after that now. It's like, okay, you know, we can't let the thing blow up Area 51. Yeah, because and, that's, know, I mean, that's everything that's, we have. That's all they have left. Yeah. Um, Russell Case has the last missile. Everyone spent all their missiles, but Russell Case has the last one. He attempts to fire it right at the the the, the beam, the beam. That where it's you know it, it's opened up, but his uh, firing mechanism is uh, malfunctions. Yeah. Russell then says, "You know, I'm so sweet. He's tell my children I love them very much." And his son's in the room. I know. He's like, "No." Well, because you know, and we, I, this is another thing we haven't really discussed, just because you know we we only have so much time. But his kids are like sick of him and his crap. The whole movie, yeah, and understandably, he's got three kids. And he's got two boys and a yeah, girl. Yeah, because Lydia from uh, Ms. Doubtfire is his yeah, oldest daughter, uh, Lisa Jacob. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, it, you know they're just sick of his stuff, and like I get it, like he's been a yeah, drunk. They, and, they just think he's kind of a deadbeat, right? And he, and, I mean, you know, look, who and knows? now he's about to save the world, right? And you know, it's kind of like you know, even if they're you know a crappy dad, they're your dad. You know, yeah. and he's his son's really upset and moved he was just misunderstood. He went through something, you know, the the, the whole and aliens, they all thought he was crazy. Yeah, but so he wasn't. That's he wasn't. the problem. He was gen- he genuinely was disturbed and needed help. Yeah, but, but no one took him seriously. Right. So Russell decides to sacrifice himself. He flies into the beam. Uh, the, the ship uh, as it fires the beam. He he flies into yeah, the wet. He says, it, he's, he says up yours yeah. first, and then it's like remember me. Yeah. Uh, hey boys, remember me? I'm yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> like he yet yet again another great way to go. Yeah. You know, he's not sad at all. He's like he's wanted this moment of like you took something from me. Yeah, and but now I'm gonna his kids save are gonna, the freaking world. Kids are gonna grow up without him though. It's sad. Oh, no. uh, so uh, this destroys the city destroyer though. It not only destroys the weapon, but it's a weakness for the whole ship itself. It destroys the entire ship. It reveals its weakness, as right. I said. We then see shots all over the world because then we get the oh, you know, now we know how to take them out. Yeah, you know, send the message to all the other right, you know, forces around the world, and we see around the world uh, other nations. Um, we see shots of the city destroyers going down. Yeah, and um, so s- showing that obviously everybody figured yeah, it out. This is the way to kill them. Yeah. 
Um, Hiller and Levinson are stuck on the mothership now. They got to get out of there. Right. Right. Uh, they have a missile, a nuclear missile, on the fighter. Right. And they, they deploy it. They, they shoot it and it, you know, it gets... Yeah. It goes in, because that, that little pod that that alien's in, it's like looking at him and stuff. They shoot it right in there. It's like, Poof. Yeah, and they, they're like, is he in it? He has no idea what we're about to do. Okay, yeah. buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah, they're like waving. Night. and So once they shoot the missile, they're, that clamp lets them go, and they're able to get out of there. And that's when they're trying to. Yeah, and that's when we have our, you know, they're, they're, the reactions are both so funny because. Well, because well, the, 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 the missile ignites. Yeah. You know, but, but before that, the ship it's closing its doors. It's trying to keep them from getting out. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, so they're flying through, and, you know, he's like, he's like, go left, go right. He's like, man, stop, you know, stop side seat seat driving, you know, and they're trying to get out of there. Jeff Goldblum has his calm panic. Yes. And, um, you know, he's he's uh, trying to get him to go left, go right, go this, go that. And then finally, they see the doors closing. They're getting out of there. And what does Jeff Goldblum say? What he says best. Right. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yeah. Go, go, go. I'm like, yes, a Ian little, Malcolm's back. A little tip off. And I remember seeing that in the Tipping theater. Tipping your hats to Jurassic Park. I yeah. remember being like, did he do that on purpose? Was that on purpose? Because that's been. great. Yeah. And um, they get out of there and, whoo, man, by the skin of their teeth. And then the ship explodes. Yes. Because the nuclear missile explodes. It blows up the mothership. And you think it kills them because the shrapnel from the mothership overtakes them. Yeah. But they are able to make it to Earth, um, and uh, they return to Area 51. With another gallant entrance. Yeah, you know, cool they, guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, they reunite with their wives. They have, both have cigars yeah. coming out of the wreckage. <laughs> and uh, President Whitmore thanks them and stuff. It's it's really cool. And, uh, and then they, I think there's a mention, I think the, 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 the one of the kids mentioned something about fireworks on 4th of July. And yeah. You see pieces of the mothership yeah, it's shooting a, I through. I think it's, is it ja- Jasmine's kid? It might have been, yeah. And that's it. That's that's how it ends. It's so great, yeah. man. And I want to say um, that's well. For one, that's Independence Day. That's a wrap yes. for Independence Day. But two, obviously, there was a a, a sequel in 2016. Uh, it's Independence Independence Day Resurgence, which uh, did not fare well. It, it it made it made its budget and then some. I mean it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't unsuccessful, but I don't think it was. It wasn't as good a story as this. Right. And uh, but but uh, Doctor Okun, Brent Spiner's character, who you think the alien kills? Yeah, I always assumed he died until I read about it today. Yeah, he actually lives. He's in the sequel. So. Yeah, he was in a com- the the alien the you know the shock of that experience yeah. put him in a coma. We don't so. know how long. I guess maybe the second movie they tell us we haven't seen it. Um, but uh, yeah, he did not die. Yeah. So yeah, and I remember getting home from the movie and calling my dad and telling him all about it and about how great of a movie I thought it was. I remember there was um, a game on PlayStation, I think, Independence Day, and uh, it was. Uh, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I only oh, yeah. play, I only played it like one time, but I, I liked it. I remember your your um, Captain Hiller and you're flying around under the massive. Oh, that's fun. Um, mothership. There was a line of toys. Had a few of the figures. I did not I have had, any of those toys. Yeah, I had sad. one of the I had one of the aliens, um, which were really crazy, cool looking. Yeah. You know. Uh. So yeah, had a, had a whole line of um toys and stuff. It was a really really cool movie. But yeah, um, it, had it, a lot of had a lot of great themes. You still had you know very very Independence Day, a lot of um victory, a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, but it, it just it it really I mean movies kind of weren't the same after that. 
Yeah, I mean, it as was, far it was as just visual a, effects. It was just a movie that changed things, you know? Yeah. And, and, and there's been a lot of those movies that, you know, they come out every so often. And a movie comes out, it changes things, you know? And that one definitely did. You know, just like, I think, Blair Witch. Oh, Lord. Changed things, yeah. you know? Uh, which is a 90s movie we have to cover. Oh, um, absolutely. There's out. a lot. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really branched into our um, horror genres too much yet outside of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and certain and uh, certain things. But uh, yeah, we'll get there I am looking forward to that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's that was it. You know, it was a good movie. Liked it. Fun. You know. And you are just in time to watch it uh, before Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, before Independence Day, you know. So and celebrate 25 years of. Of aliens. Of ID four, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, well, we're gonna wrap things up. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find us, Brooke? And uh, alrighty. We'll... well, if you're on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time. It's where we, you know, connect with you guys. We message you guys and just enjoy uh, getting to know you. We're at the Tape Store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you are on Twitter, we are the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, we'd certainly love to hear from you. We're the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, uh, to our listeners, we appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship and your support. You're the reason why we do this. Um, and any time you spend listening to our little podcast, just know that you're greatly appreciated. Wouldn't be anything without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, with, with that being said... Um, Happy Independence Day. Yeah, happy Independence Day. (laughs) We will uh, see you next week. Yep. uh, Next Thursday for more great 80s and 90s nostalgia on the Tape Store Podcast. This has been Independence Day 1996. And this is Toby. And this is Brooke. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye.